Audio 14, Resurrection Message, Part 6. O Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. Habakkuk 3.2. Let us begin with a few questions. Number one, what is the second death? Number two, without a spiritual resurrection, can we escape the second death? Number three, it is a self-evident truth that we are all liars by nature, which is ineradicable. Can God admit we as liars into heaven? Question four. When Jesus was asked the question, are there few that be saved? What was his answer and solution? In this message, we will find answers to these questions. Now let us, as Americans, use a little common sense as we think about the following statements. What if, with the so-called power of our free will, we make a solemn promise to God that for the rest of our lives, we will never, ever embellish a truth, that is, to add to a truth, or subtract from a truth, so help us God. How many minutes can we go before we break this promise to God? Think about that. How many minutes can we go before we add or subtract from the truth if the slightest variance of the truth falsifies our promise to God. And then we make a second promise to God. If we do, O Lord, that is, make the slightest variance from the truth, we will acknowledge that we are liars by nature. And the line in our heart is impossible to be eradicated. And thus, being liars by nature, common sense tells us natural men, Americans, that we should be condemned to hell. For again, common sense tells us we cannot be a, bring a liar into heaven unless we pollute the place no more than a glass of water can remain clear if a drop of ink is put into it. Does God agree with us that he cannot bring a liar into heaven? Does he? Well, was Adam sinless in the Garden of Eden before he broke God's commandment by eating of the forbidden fruit? Us common sense Americans know the answer to this question, do we not? Adam had to be sinless to stay in the Garden of Eden. Or in other words, Adam had to keep all God's commandments perfectly. It is easy for us common folk to figure out that Adam would have to be sinless as he was before he got kicked out in order to get back in to the Garden of Eden. In other words, 
Adam as well as us would have to be perfect or follow God's commandments perfectly in order for us to get back into the Garden of Eden or heaven. But we have a slight problem, do we not? For we cannot eradicate our lying nature by morality. But we can only cover up our lying nature with morality. Can Jesus, who is the embodiment of the truth, bring a liar into heaven with him? So we have a major predicament. For we are liars by nature, and we will never come to a point in our lives where we will ever be able to overcome being a liar or able to banish our lying nature. And thus, Jesus cannot bring a liar into heaven. But what if God had a way in which we could overcome the impossible? As natural men Americans... Common sense tells us that there is no way to eradicate lying from our heart. But God tells us that we can overcome. Let us listen to Fisherman John in Revelation 21, verse 6. And God said unto me, that is Fisherman John, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Yes, we heard that correctly. God will give to those Americans freely who are athirst of the water of the fountain of life. And those of us Americans that overcome, we shall inherit all things. Just think about that. Inherit all things. And if we overcome, what will happen? Let us read on. And I will be his God. And he shall be my son. But what happens if we don't banish lying from our nature? God continues on. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second 
death, which is hell. So all of us who cannot overcome lying because we have a lying nature will not escape the second death or hell. But Fisherman John writes about a solution to this problem. Revelation 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy, holy means sinless, is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. Wow. God is saying if we have part in the first resurrection, we are holy. That is sinless. And the second death has no power over us and we will escape hell. To be holy is to be sinless. And it was only the second Adam that was ever sinless or holy here on earth. And why was he sinless? That is correct. Because he kept his Father in heaven's commandments perfectly. That is, kept the moral law perfectly. For what purpose? That is correct. He came not to destroy the moral law, but to fulfill the moral law for us as a gift to us, which is called his righteousness. And when we are wrapped in Christ's righteousness, God, our Father in heaven, sees his son's obedience as our own personal obedience and thus sees us as holy. Well, what happened to our lying nature? It is still there in us who are believers. And thus all our obedience that we see in ourselves has to perish. That we might be humble enough to receive Christ's perfect obedience. But we can't receive this perfect obedience from Christ until we have had a spiritual death and a spiritual resurrection. So let us listen to Fisherman John again. Revelation 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy. The only way we can be holy as Americans is to possess the imputed righteousness of Christ. That is, the fulfillment of the moral law which comes with the package of the new creation. Again, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, and such the second death hath no power. But what is the first resurrection? But the answer to our ongoing question. To become a new creation that is born again 
Is a spiritual death and spiritual resurrection necessary in the likeness to Christ's spiritual death and resurrection? And what was Jesus' answer to this question? It is a whopping yes. Yes, to become a new creation or born again, there must be a spiritual death and resurrection. And Jesus says, let me explain. John 12, verse 24. Verily, verily, I, Jesus, say unto you, natural men, Americans, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it keeps on abiding alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So Jesus is clearly telling us that the first death is a spiritual death. And if this spiritual death has occurred in our life before we die physically, which we cannot set in motion or stop, it means we will also have a spiritual resurrection that is, we will become a butterfly. Therefore, when our caterpillar dies, this is called our first spiritual death. And when this caterpillar doth rise again as a butterfly, this is called our first resurrection. So becoming a butterfly is our first spiritual resurrection. Now, this spiritual death and spiritual resurrection must occur before we die physically. And if it has occurred in our life, it is a big deal. For it means we will escape the second spiritual death, which is hell. Listen again to Fisherman John, Revelation 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death hath no power. That is, when we, as a corn of wheat, fall into the ground and die and rise again as a brand new wheat plant, this wheat plant, which represents our new creation, is our first resurrection. And the second death, which ensures we are on our way to hell, has no power over us. That is, if we are a butterfly. In other words, if we are a butterfly, that is a new creation, we are not going to hell. For the second death, which is hell, has no power over us. So if we have actually experienced a spiritual death and a spiritual resurrection, that Jesus so simply explained to us by giving us the corn of wheat analogy from nature, then we will escape the second death or hell. But if we haven't experienced the spiritual death and resurrection before we die physically, we, that is our soul, will experience the second spiritual death where our soul will be separated from fellowship with God permanently 
for an eternity in hell. No spiritual death and spiritual resurrection of our soul before we die physically, then our soul will experience a second death. So if we as natural man Americans do not experience a spiritual death and resurrection of our soul before we die physically, then we will die two deaths back to back. That is the death of our body, where our soul is separated from our body, and the death of our soul, where our soul is permanently separated from fellowship with God for an eternity in hell. That is the death of our body, and then back to back, a second death, the death of our soul. Do we as Americans think about that part of us? That is that part of us that talks and thinks. That is our soul. And when our, bo and when our physical body dies, we or our soul is separated from our body. Fisherman Peter speaks about himself. That is, that is his soul departing from his body. 1 Peter 1 verse 13. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle, that is in my body, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Verse 14. Knowing that shortly I that is my soul, must put off this my tabernacle, that is my body, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Have we taken time to think about our soul being immortal? And we must put off our bodies. And life really begins after our physical death. For our time here on earth, a blink of a fraction of eternity is simply a testing ground to determine whether or not we will escape the second death of our soul. And no spiritual death and resurrection before we die physically, then no escaping the second death, where all liars, which would include all of us as Americans, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone and is equivalent to the second death. So now we as natural men Americans see how important our original ongoing question really is. To become a new creation, that is, born again, is a spiritual death and spiritual resurrection necessary in likeness to Christ's spiritual death and resurrection? Therefore, no spiritual resurrection before we die physically, then we will have no power to escape the second death, which is hell. Now, our free will theologians tell us that we can ask Jesus into our heart by faith and then we can claim being born again and are good to go 
for eternity. What is missing here? That is right. Our free will friends have conveniently failed to mention that if we become born again without a spiritual death and resurrection, our born again experience is a false conversion and we will not escape the second death. And thus we are going to experience back to back deaths. First, the death of our body, then the death of our soul. No spiritual death and spiritual resurrection before we die physically, then back-to-back deaths is awaiting us. So this ongoing question we have been asking is a big deal. We as Americans have to be 100% sure. We have not deceived ourselves by thinking we are a butterfly when in reality we are still a caterpillar. That is, we have made a free will decision for the fast food Jesus instead of waiting upon the true Jesus to reveal himself to us. So this ongoing question of the necessity of a spiritual death and resurrection before we die physically is no light thing. How could these free will theologians do this to us as natural man Americans. This is evil. It is horrible. It is detestable. It is monstrous. We are talking about the murder of our souls. But we as natural man Americans should marvel not at this. For there is a spiritual war for our soul between Satan and Jesus that invisibly surrounds us. Former Mr. Morality certainly understands this spiritual war now as a new creation. But before he was converted, he was ignorant that he was being used by Satan to help lead the charge to crucify Jesus and persecute the Christians. He thought he was a butterfly, but he was nothing more than a caterpillar and completely clueless to the spiritual world and ignorant that he was being used by Satan to do monstrous things against the fledgling church. He writes to his Corinthian brethren that we ought not to marvel at this, for Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Verse 14, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Verse 15, therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their works. Even Jesus himself had to make it clear to some Jews who believed on him that their spiritual father was not God the Father in heaven, but that Satan was still their spiritual father, as Satan is with us Americans that are born into this world. 
Jesus bluntly gets into the face of these caterpillar Jews who falsely believed on Jesus, as we found out in the last message, and says to them, verse 44, ye are of your father, the devil. That is, these Jews were still of their father, the devil, for they were yet to be made a new creation by Jesus. And the lust of your father ye will do. That is lust like lying, envy, coveting, unbelief, fornication, etc. He, that is Satan, was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. That is in Jesus, for Jesus is the truth. Again, Satan was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Why? Because there is no truth in Satan. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Verse 45, and because I tell you the truth, that is, I, Jesus, am the embodiment of the absolute truth. Again, and because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Verse 47, he that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not. Why? Because ye are not of God. What if Jesus said to us as natural men Americans that we are not of God and are agents of Satan? It would probably not end well, would it? So we see that both Jesus and former Mr. Morality are warning us that this spiritual war for our soul that surrounds us as natural men Americans is invisible to us. And therefore, we need to ask God to awaken us to the spiritual war that we might agonize to enter in at the straight gate before it is too late for Jesus tells us. Dr. Luke chapter 13, verse 23. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, verse 24, Agonize to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, as natural men Americans, will seek to enter in and shall not be able as natural man Americans, do we want to be the many that seek to enter in and are not able? Or do we want to agonize with all our might and be part of the few that enter in? In conclusion, let us as Americans not be part of the many that don't enter in, but let us be overcomers and be a part of the few 
Jesus exhorts us, Revelation 2.11, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that keeps on overcoming shall not be hurt of the second death to be continued. Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace in the name of Jesus. Amen.